this is Dave Pryor. You're listening to The Reluctant Agilist, and Don McGreal is here today, and we're going to talk about product goal, and I'm very psyched because I've been working on getting my head around product goal for a while, and I've ended up in a slightly different place, and Don and I spoke a few weeks ago, and I'm psyched to come back and kind of revisit some of this stuff and explore some new things. So, Don, thank you very much for taking time out of your day today. Thanks, Dave. Excited to be here. Um, before we get into the topic, you're the VP of Learning Solutions at Improving. You're also co-author of the Professional Product Owner book and co-creator of Tasty Cupcakes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So my, re my redheaded stepchild. <laughs> why is it called Tasty Cupcakes? I've always wondered that. Um, well, you know, it goes all the way back to Agile 2008. Um, my, my good friend Mike and colleague, I still work with them today, uh, we, we put together, we would exchange things that we would try in classes and with our team's uh, game just to make it more effective and, uh, and get people out of, out of their chairs. Um, and so we, in 2008, we just decided to do, we, they gave us a double session that we did back to back, nothing but games. And we handed these little recipe cards out to everybody. We had, I think 30 of them. Okay. And we brought a hundred of these 30 cards, stacks of 30. And we handed to all of them. They were gone so quickly and more people wanted them. And they're like, you should have a website. So we decided to put it up there, but we didn't want it to be about Agile. That's not really what it was about. So we wanted a different name. And really, <laughs> all it really was is Mike sits, he's a domain name squatter. He likes to okay. <laughs> find things. And at the time, you know, Sex in the City and certain shows and cupcake stores were popping up. So he was just sitting on okay. tasting cupcakes. And we thought, you know, that's it's fun. They're small, yeah. fun. Um, you know, it's a different name. It's not, you know, agile something, something. And, and so, uh, we just went with it and it's kind of stuck. I think it's helped us, uh, something that started out as we don't even know where this is going is now. <laughs> well, it's been, blown a, up. it's been a yeah. great resource for me and for, I think everybody else who does this stuff. So if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with it, you definitely need to go to tasty cupcakes. It's .org. Yeah. .org. Yeah. yeah Cause it is, we opened it up to the community, um, a few years afterwards just to let, and let them i don't i can't even keep track of what gets added now although the last year a lot of remote <laughs> remote activities and games that you might yeah. want to try um have been added for obvious reasons cool all right well thank you on behalf of the of the entire agile community for that um okay so let's talk about product goal um now i know that because of the work that you do for improving it and in the work that you do with scrum.org this is going to be something you've probably spent a lot of time on and you're really focused on product ownership in general how do you describe product goal to somebody who's like, if, if they haven't read the new scrum guide, how would you explain it? Well, yeah, even, even before that came out in the scrum guide, um, as a product owner, I mean, I, I've been on this mission to, to, to change the way product owners are viewed or looked at just to elevate it in general, like get them out from writing user stories and acceptance criteria, less of a scribe and more of an entrepreneur. So, you know, we've been working with, you know, the concept of the vision and, and, you know, every product should have a vision just like a company should. And every product should have a strategy just like a company should. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, lots of things happen and then you've got a backlog, right? And, and there's really nothing in between. Vision could be three, five years. Like, it's very aspirational. So, what I had found, what really helped me in my career was, um, you know, specifically 4DX, if, you, if you're familiar with that, four disciplines of execution. Um, and... The first, the first uh, discipline is focus on the wig, and the wig is a wildly important goal. And I found that helped me. It's like something that you can shoot to, towards about six to 
six months to a year down the road, which I found worked with my product backlogs. I never, ever, whenever I had a product backlog that was like for years and years, I, I couldn't keep up with it. So I was, I would draw a hard line in the sand whenever I had to manage a product backlog. I say, I'm only going to focus about six months or maybe three quarters or something like that. Okay. And anything back past that, I would just, I would say, just put it on the roadmap, right? Because I knew things are going to change so much. So having a goal, a wildly important goal from WIG, which they gave a template and everything is let's, let's do something and let's shift it from here to here within six months, within a year. I found that helped me organize my backlog. It provided focus to everybody, something we can move towards um, our, our vision on that we could we could see, we could okay. feel, right? Yeah. I'm going to come and, back to the roadmap thing in a second, but keep going. I just wanted to mention that I'm going to, that's going <laughs> to, yeah, put a little pin in it. But, yeah. and so, so then when the product goal came out, I'm like, so with this, I, I, I was able, I asked the question, I got to chat with Ken Schwaber about it. I'm like, so you mean like vision product goal? Is that what you mean? And he's like, no, no, no. It, it, the big difference is that the product goal should be measurable. And I, that's when it, that's when it hit me is that that's what I've been doing with the wig. So okay. for me, and this is just me, I mean, I, I, you were I already doing it. That. Yeah. And so I just, just did this. I just changed the name to product goal. Now, do you, do you know why vision was removed from the scrum guide? Cause it seemed, I mean, one, I was in that same place too, because it seemed like product goal was replacing vision. Cause that was suddenly gone. Well, was it was it in there though? It wasn't I mean, there. It, it said the product owner is responsible for the communicating the vision, communicating the vision. And that's yeah. so. Look, that's still a, a a key aspect. If that's gone, I feel like that's that's a, a key part of being a product owner. Yeah. But but it's not an artifact, if you know what I mean. A vision yeah. is aspirational. A product goal is an is well, it's part of an artifact now, right? It's a thing that you create. Okay. Um, and I can imagine that. The vision might. So here's another thing I've learned from working with Ken a bit is he everything that we have make part of Scrum yeah. is named differently. It's sometimes it's a little weird. Like a, you know, we can have all sorts of arguments about the word Scrum Master. If it's a good name, is it a bad name? Or <laughs> or or Sprint. Sprint is like that's exhausting. Like why would I want to sprint? Or a backlog. Like a backlog I just want is, to know why the increment's part of the increment. That's the <laughs> thing that's increment. been bugging me since day one. <laughs> well, so they're not the best names, but I've I've had this conversation, and he gave me a great answer. He said, um, "You know, I didn't at the time I come up with these names, or we come up with these names. I, I don't know if it's the best name or not. All I know is I, I could not be something that they've already heard of before. It's not okay. something that they're already using, because otherwise they just go back to doing that." Yeah. And and because we could have named a product back a product backlog could have been a requirements list. A sprint could have been an iteration. A product owner could have been a product manager. Scrum Master could have been a project manager. But it needs a new name to give it, it needs a, a new, new name. look. Yeah. Yeah. So so with a product goal, you could have said, Well, why why don't we just use vision? We could have said it's, you know, a, a goal or a wig or but we would have just kept doing the things we were doing, right? So product goal is, is different. You don't see those two things together really yeah. in, in any other context. So, so that's why, but I, vision has to still be there. I do not see this okay. as a replacement for vision. Vision is much loftier. So when I got past that idea, my next thing that I learned was that this was fixing a specific problem with vision and that it is a thing we want, but there's no way of knowing that we got it. 
and my understanding then became the goal is a measurable step towards achieving the vision, which that I'm like, that's awesome. Is that right? Yeah. Well, so, okay. I want my vision to be crazy. Like I want it to be, I worked with an airline and I want one to be, we want to be the best at, uh, at, um, Losing or not losing bags, <laughs> not destroying in instruments, right? Yeah, <laughs> like we want to be the best in the world. We may never achieve it, but it's now the path towards it is what's important. Or, uh, like uh, Uber's, I think, is um, we want to make transportation as accessible as running water. Okay, it's it's not measurable, it but it 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 lets people know who we're doing this for and what the value proposition is. It shows like, you where North is. Yeah. How is yeah. life? How will people's lives change if we could do this? Okay. That's cool. That's important. And that should last for years. Um, but then to say, all right, in the next six months, what are we going to do about it? That's where the product goal comes in, right? All right. Well, let's, let's get into this, these countries that don't have taxi service right now, right? Yeah. Maybe that's something we can measure. How many drivers do we have in this country that, you know, I don't know, but we could come up with something that's a product goal that moves us toward the vision. So, so I want to try to draw a current parallel. One of the things that's become an issue during the pandemic is wireless access for people. And there's all, you hear the stories about students having to go sit in like the McDonald's parking lot. And there's a yeah. the big initiative to create, you know, low cost internet access for everybody everywhere wirelessly, which that might be a goal that's impossible to achieve for everybody, but there could be things like we're going to provide, I don't know, um, in, make sure that it's a certain speed is available in all areas of major cities. Yeah. Yeah. Or once. Yeah. Or, or one, one location, one area. Like these are things that are, yeah, are more achievable, right? Yeah. You can see it happening. Like, or actually, if if we want to go down that road of 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 um, you know the virus, yeah, the vision would be eradicate all viruses from from our our world. That might be crazy, but certainly the COVID. <laughs> I one. think bad things are going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, I know. <laughs> we want some of them. Everyone but, lives but it, forever. I mean, the vision. I want the vision to be something bigger than that. Like no more COVID ever kill COVID or, or whatever that is, you know, or and, even and, everybody who wants a vaccine should be able to get one. But see, does, if everybody got a vaccine, would that solve the problem? You would get a new COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it, new it, it wouldn't be to me. The vaccine is more in line with what a product's a product goal could be. Okay. The number of vac- vaccinations, just one thing, but you could get everybody vaccinated and still not move towards the vision. What if it doesn't work? What if yeah. that, you know, so to me, the vaccine is somewhat circumstantial to the overall vision. Okay. The overall vision would be no more deaths by a coronavirus. Like we will, we don't want to ever see anybody die from coronavirus ever in the world. Like that may not ever happen, but or, that's what or we want to do. Don't get caught in a situation where we can't figure out how to deploy a vaccine to an entire country again. I mean, in the beginning of this, there were all the stories about how, uh, I forget if it was smallpox or whatever it was, like in New York, they were deploying it all day long, every single day, and we couldn't figure out how to do that Yeah, all these years later. Yeah. So right. you could or, put a, something in place that would that would last over time that we have this emergency plan ready. Exactly. And okay. then, but just to be clear, right, those are those visions that should be hard to reach, if not impossible, and and they should give people energy. 
Okay. Whereas the product goals would be more in line with let's get, you know, 300 million vaccines done in the next three months, right? Something like that. Something uh, achievable. Okay. Something achievable that you can then measure toward. And then you've got like the, then every sprint, you've got sprint goals, which is, hey, let's make sure that we've got a, enough inventory and, and all sorts of other little things too. So I just had a thought that is probably, I don't know, I might have to erase this question, but it almost sounds like a product goal. If I was putting on my PMP hat, it's almost like a project. It has a specific end state. Yeah. Um, and a deadline. I don't really want to go Maybe. down this path very far, but it <laughs> popped into my head. So I felt like I needed to, to let it out. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't we can know. let go of it. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 as long as it's providing value, right? The problem, yeah. uh, look, I, I'm, I'm nothing wrong with, with, with PMPs or anything like that. It's the only problem is when we rely only on, on date budget scope right. as the measure of success. To me, the product goal is what moves us away from that. It gives us something other than those three things. Okay. Which probably a lot of PMPs are doing anyways, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say that every every project is is like that. Yeah. Um, but if if you are only looking at success in terms of getting things done on time and on budget, and not paying attention to the more valuable things that a product goal can do, then then that's a project mindset. So the product goal to me moves us away, hopefully, from that thinking project thinking with the Iron Triangle. Yeah. And towards product thinking. So meaning, unless we get these, you know, just getting the vaccines in people's arms doesn't necessarily mean success, right? Yeah. Are they getting, are they even getting coronavirus? Oh, well, we don't, that's not, the project was successful. So I'm not worrying about that. Were they, you know. So okay. Yeah. I, get, I on, see where you're going. Yeah. This yeah. makes total so, sense. Yeah. On time, on budget, did the customer even use it? Well, that doesn't matter. Project was successful. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, not our fault the customers don't know what they want. I, so, I want to just telegraph this in case anybody didn't catch on. So from a traditional project management mindset, if we put the vaccine in everyone's arms, whether or not they get sick and die doesn't matter. We succeeded because we put it in their arms. Yep. And you're talking about something that is actually more than just putting it in their arms. Yeah. And now I'm convincing myself that probably number of vaccines is not a good product goal, right? Okay. So... One of the things that's happened to me as I've been exploring this topic is that every time I feel like, yeah, and then I'm like, oh, wait. So <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if, and this is going to go into some of the questions I'm going to ask you in a little bit about the product backlog. One of the things that product goal has caused for me, which was super irritating in the beginning, but now I'm kind of grateful for is I keep having to go back to it and think about it more and more and more and try to revise my understanding of it in the same way that I hope a company would be doing that about vision. Not changing okay. the, not changing the nature of the vision, but, but refining their understanding of it. What does this product need to be? How we measure what it's going to become. Does that work? Yeah. With the openness of changing it if necessary. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, in the spirit of, of experimentation, and, yeah. and yeah, and empiricism and experimentation, we have to, and and hopefully, because if we put that goal out there, and we notice that after three sprints, we're not moving at all close to it. What does that tell us? Right. I, it, it could be one of the Your one of the good options. Would be, 
yeah, it might be bad. Or maybe there's something else out there that we're discovering and we should, we should shift it. And which is why in the scrum guide, it says either completed or abandoned, right? We have to make the decision to say, this isn't worth pursuing anymore. It's not our top goal anymore. Yeah. So it um, becomes not just a way of measuring progress, but also a learning mechanism. Yeah. Validated learning. That's a big part of that is we're looking for opportunities to, it's a hypothesis, I guess. Yeah. Right. Because all, how many times have you worked with a customer who said, yeah, we want to increase sales. And then if you said, okay, well, if we increased it by how much it would you, how much would you say would be When would you consider this project successful? Yeah. If we increase sale by how much, what percentage? How often would your customers even ever be able to answer that question? My experience, it's not. Maybe right. somebody that greenlit it at somewhere that, uh, along the way has an idea of it, but the people I'm talking to at that level rarely do. But isn't that an important question? We're spending fifty thousand a sprint, which is not an uncommon number. We've spent ten sprints, half a million dollars. We've increased sales by ten, sales by ten percent by doing this, but all the releases we've made. Yeah, is that good? You know, that's what we should be looking at, not what velocity is or how close we are to scope. Or, but it is good in that it's teaching you. Yeah. I mean, that, one of the things that I've become, I've started to be much more aware of is that everything I'm doing is, is like trying to teach me stuff that if I don't notice it, it's going to teach it to me again and again right. and again. But it's really just a matter of looking and listening most of the time. Right. And but letting wouldn't it go be of cool models. To, to shift that conversation in the sprint review after 10 sprints to say, the real conversation we should be having was half a million dollars worth the 10% increase in sales we got. Yeah. Is that aligned with the business case? And should we continue down this path? Should we go a different direction? Should we save the rest of our money? Rather than we're just going to get all the stuff in our backlog done by this date, right? right? So yeah. that's what the product goal can allow me to do. If that, if that was a good product goal is increase sales by 20% within eight months or something like that. Yeah. That's you, not a bad product. Goal. And, and if you, so one of the things that I have been struck by is the idea that there can only be one prodigal. And I have seen stuff posted where people would say, yeah, it says that, but you might have a bunch. Um, and so that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you sort of where you fall on that scale is like in the product backlog, is it just one at a time, like it says, or is it, there's a bunch, but we're only going to have the team focus on one at a time. Yeah. It's, 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 can't be black and white, right? It's similar okay. to the sprint goal. Would you say that a sprint can have multiple goals? What I am currently teaching people is you need to come up with a specific goal. And the reason that I'm, because I'm trying to solve a specific problem. And the problem mm -hmm. that I have is that with the students I get, their goal is going to be eat a banana and a pear and a waffle and a frog. Right. That's my goal. And yeah. I say, no, that's not, that's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Right. So I'm just trying to get their heads around the idea that there should be one overarching thing. But I would also say it's okay to have stuff in the sprint that is yeah. ancillary. There's that bug. That bug that has nothing to do with the sprint yeah. goal. But yeah. it, should we work on that? What about that report that the this executive right. is asking for? That it makes sense from a, you know, it, it's a valuable thing for us to do. And you got but, the bandwidth, yeah. But we can still, I mean, the goal is this. And that was what measures how well the sprint goes. So if we had to drop something from the sprint, hopefully it'd be the things that right. don't affect the goal as much. You can do other things. There are certainly lots of things that we have to do as part of building a product. 
in in and I, I, I take the exact same stance with the product goal. Is okay. The product backlog is made up of a. It will help me as a product owner organize things in a way. But could I also do some things? Put some things in the product backlog that don't have to do with the product goal, but that is strategic. Maybe setting the stage for another customer that isn't part of this goal, but um, we do want to start laying the groundwork for. Yeah, and also maybe you know build this other administrative side of of our product and. You know, there's other things I can certainly put in the product backlog, and I want people to go. But what does that have to do with the product goal? And I want to be able to answer, justify. I should justify. I want people holding me to account with that. Okay. And I say, look, it doesn't, but it's still important. I still want it done, and it, hopefully, every sprint has something that can get us closer to the to the. But I could buy, and this has happened to me, you know, plenty of times, is where we took a sprint to go in a direction completely different from our goal okay but we had to because that's what happened like there's something in the marketplace that shifted you know gdpr some regulatory thing it nothing to do with the goal we're moving towards right but we have to do it okay well then let's regroup and now let's see what we can do next sprint to get us closer to that goal of course you can do things that are not but we should all know that oh we're we're off path now but we got to do it yeah. So that is one of the things that when I was talking with Dave West about all this stuff is it was, he at one point politely reminded me that it was a framework that's meant to be adapted where I was trying to make it like a rule set that had to be followed. Yeah. And, and I know that I'm not supposed to do that, <laughs> but my brain wants it to be like a thing. You've been telling people to do that for years. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, yeah. God, ah, man. Okay. So then, then, all right, then, then I have a little bit more leeway here, but I think that that is something that even though like I know better, you lose sight of that. You want there to be a specific answer because it would be easier if we could just say, nope, it's got to be A or B. Right. Yeah. It can't, and it, can't it just, yeah. I mean, we all know if we've done any, any sort of product development or we, that just can't be the case. No yeah. framework that's that strict will ever survive well, reality. Right? Common yeah. sense always has to be the thing that wins the day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I know that I forget a lot of the time. Yeah. So it, re it really is like a, it's where if vision is the North star, it's like another star getting closer to it. Right. It's, it's something that we can see. We can actually make a plan to get to. Yeah. Um, it's Mars, right? Hey, let's get to Mars before we get to, to, to the, to this other star up there. Yeah. Um, and, and so the, the let's focus everything on getting there yet. Yeah, there's some other things we're going to need to do to prepare for our trip to the star and other, uh, I just made that up on the fly. No, but that totally works. Like, I, so <laughs> one of the things work. for me that, that I always, I don't know why, but with this particular topic is like, we're going to make 13 Avengers movies. Can we just make one about Iron Man? Like, just do that <laughs> yeah. and worry about the rest yeah. of it later. Like that's right. a step yeah. along the way. And you've got to establish yeah. these things that you can build on them as you go. And um, I certainly don't want to open up a can of worms here either, but you know, Sometimes I get asked about OKRs here, right? Objectives and key results. I've heard and a lot of people say that, that this is yeah, like an OKR. It kind of fits that where there's still, there could be multiple measures as well, right? There's one product goal, but there's, there's other things we can still do. We can't have other goals, okay. but there's one product goal, right? Like we can choose to do some other things out there, but this is the one to rule them all, right? This is this when everything when push comes to shove. This is what we want to do. So I want to follow up on that with a, with a question. There's an ex, there's some examples online of um, 
prodigals and one of them, the one about the bakery, there's a, the, the first thing is to establish a website. And so in thinking through this and trying to make it make sense in my head, I was like, all right, well, if I want to build like a competitor to Amazon, there's a lot of things I have to be able to do. One of them is search for books. Maybe that's a goal. And then one of them is to sell books. And then I want to sell other stuff too. And so I go down this path of almost like creating a story map in my head, but then that doesn't feel like it's the product goal. No, those, those to me feel like, features that we assume will get us to our product. To the protocol. Okay. So cool. I would say, well, why, why do you want people, why do you want to give people the ability to search for books? Like, what are you trying to do? Make money, take over the world. <laughs> yeah. So you want, you want to, so your hypothesis. Get all the data. <laughs> yeah. And, and so my question then would be your hypothesis is that if we had this feature that we would, we would increase sales, right? Yeah. How, by how much do you think? Well, I'm, now I'm that guy who doesn't know the answer to that question. <laughs> right. But we should, if you were the product manager of this Amazon competitor, you yeah. should at least have a, a, a goal to try to move towards. Is that, why would we allow people to search for books if it didn't equal more sales? Yeah. Right? So uh, th- I would say just building a web page is not, to me, a product goal. But I could but establishing that, a web presence would be, wouldn't it? Well, then I would say, well, how, what, is, what would that mean? How, how is that? There could be a lot of ways you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So is it, um, we get this many hits on our website. We become a TikTok influencer. And actually this is a literal one that I've been working with now. Um, It's actually uh, with, with the teams on our website at improving the product goal is to increase organic search registrations for training. um, Okay. By, I I, I don't want to tell you what the real number is, but let's just say, by, by, by 10-15%, right? Okay. It would be, it'd be embarrassing to tell you. So, yeah, 10-15% by the end of the year, right? Let's go for that. That's, that's what we're trying to shoot for here. And that's, that's the product goal is if, I can, if we can at least get, get them in there, right? Or yeah. we've always said one a month, that would pay for the ads that we pay for. If we could just get one regist- organic registration a month. Yeah, you know that's what we. But you know what? We're also doing things to help our channel partners, like Scrum.org, who fil- who filter so many things to us. We're doing okay. work there, and we're we're still measuring how many links that we get or registrations from their site for our courses. Okay. That's important to us, and we're still working on it. But our goal is that organic search stuff. So you know, one sprint might be, you know, let's let's get rid of all the duplicate text between us and Scrum.org, yeah. which apparently hurts us, and I didn't know. Let's get, you know, well, you and, learn though, right? You learn. Yeah. So, so that to me is, so ask why, if, if your product goals start sounding like a big feature, yeah. it's like, well, why would we want that? What do we hope to, what's the hypothesis is it always a good, what's the experiment we're trying to do by creating this? What do we hope to see happen if this feature existed? Okay. That's the goal. All right. So I want to ask you a product owner question now. If, if I, if I follow that path and I'm with this like one goal at a time thing, then the stuff in my product backlog should primarily be all centered around achieving that goal of increasing the organic searches by whatever percent. Now, all you said though, and that comes back to what we were saying earlier, right? It a hundred percent of my backlog items should be directly against well, the product no, goal. No. Lar- largely. Largely. Yes. Yeah. So, would- so, but this is the thing that I, this is why I wanted to just clarify this is I have always said 
about the product backlog, that this is like our set of options and anything anybody wants, anybody can contribute at any time. They give it to the product owner and they decide where it goes. Maybe it goes in the backlog, maybe it goes in the trash can. Mm-hmm. Maybe it goes to the top or the bottom. Um, but that is the place where stuff belongs, which in some ways makes the product backlog feel a little bit like a junk drawer for, for, mm-hmm. for some people, executives mm-hmm. who think in the shower, unless there's somebody constantly like pruning it and throwing stuff away. Yes. Yes. That's, I, I had learned that the hard way. Um, it is. It, it's, I had a client that presented me with a backlog with 3,500 items in it. Uh, so what do you do week. when you take it out? Because I, I have a, a follow-up to this, but like so, you, you pull that stuff out, where does it go? So the product goal is would is helpful here, right? Because mm-hmm. you would say you've got 3,500 items. Um, obviously, you can't do that in the next year, right? Or let's just pick a date. Nobody's even asking for a date. Let's pick one. Here we are in March, April now. Um, end of year seems reasonable. Let's pick that or end of Q3 or something. But let's say end of okay. the year. Um what could we possibly do by then? Look at your 3,500 items mm-hmm. and go, what, which of these it would have a chance to see in the light of day for the next eight months or whatever it is. Like. Right. Um, and, and, then, and then with that, try to come up with some goal, which might eliminate a few others, maybe. If not, okay. no big deal. And, and then what would you do? With the, uh, my guess is that probably that's a list of maybe in my experience eight months worth of work probably isn't over a hundred things. Right. Um, what do you do with the other 3,400 things? I don't know. I don't care. Delete them if you need to, or call it a roadmap. <laughs> it would be a very, it would be a very bad roadmap. It would be a very bad roadmap just left as is. Yeah. But roadmaps have been my tool to get me to focus. Is that like every time somebody comes to me, I can say, wait, you mean by the end of the year, you know what the product goal is, right? That we're trying to achieve this year. Do you mean you want this thing you're asking for by then? And I've, you'd be surprised at how often they go, oh, no, 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 I just don't want you to forget it is what I get a lot Right, of. okay. they want you to take on that stress that they're yes. having. And I'm happy to do that. I don't want to say to them, hey, can you come back to me in six months with the same thing? And then they're, they're, they're holding that. Okay. So I could find a way to put it into a roadmap that's visible to them that will influence, because I'm going to come back in maybe six months from now and yeah. build a backlog for the next eight months or the next six months. And I'm going to replenish my backlog, maybe. It be a better way of saying it. Now, okay. This is the world according to me. It's no, this like is, and this is awesome because this is exactly yeah. what I was trying to get to. So um, it's going to take me a second to walk through this in my head or out verbally, not in my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I take, I have a lot of friends who are like, very lean focused. And they would say like, if you're not going to do it, you're saying in the next eight months, throw it away. If you need it, it'll yeah. come back. And like the project manager in my brain has a total conniption over that <laughs> because the stress of thinking, oh my gosh, what if I forget it? And it was really important. The cost, the mental weight of that is too much for me to bear, or it's greater than the weight of, I have 3,400 things. I got to figure out what I'm going to do next. Like I would rather have pay that cost of, of, dealing with that waste than the waste of me being in a daily state of anxiety because I'm afraid I forgot something. Maybe other people aren't that way, but do you think it's fair to say that people are always going to be having ideas, always going to be wanting to do stuff. And however you choose to cope with that, there's a tax you're going to pay one place or another. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. there's no perfect answer. Absolutely. You're putting it into the roadmap, which is, yep. I'm thinking like on a table, you're basically sweeping your hands further out and pushing all those pieces yeah. beyond the boundaries of your hand saying, we'll do that in eight months. And yeah. when you get closer to that, you're going to have to look at the section of the roadmap that says all the other things. Yeah. And which has been out. growing, which has yeah. been growing over those eight months. So in almost to a state that it could be a backlog, right? That first part. So if I were to right. say like, Obviously, just the th a dumping of 3,400 3, items and calling it a roadmap is a very poor roadmap. Um, and I, I probably wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say it. So what I would like to do is give it a little bit more substance. So uh, I don't know, what, what main objectives are we trying to shoot for in next year, at the end of this year? So once we finish this product goal, what are some big, big chunks that we're going mm -hmm. to go after? Are we going to hit this other customer segment? Um, what, what could feed another product goal is kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah. And this is why I find that product goal is so nice because there's this missing piece between like this big high level multi-year vision yeah. and a product backlog, which to me was like six months worth of work, maybe, maybe a year. And, and so there was this gap in the product goal can potential product goals go into the, into the, um, into the roadmap. Then when I get people asking for these little features, I have to justify it to myself and to them by saying, does it fit in the current context, the current product goal? No. So it's probably, you're probably not going to see it this year, but you see next year, how we're hitting on this, um, uh, this, I don't know, uh, uh, hospital side customer segment over here for our product. Right. It sounds like it fits nicely in that. Why don't I attach it to that, that concept? I'm going to call it a, PBI or Peter or anything like that. It, it fits there. We'll probably, you know, next year we'll, we'll, we'll bring it in and that I'll, I'm, I'm saying not yet right now, but yeah. you better believe you can remove, clear the cash in your brain right now, because when we come and start building the backlog for that, when we get to it, I'm pulling you back in yeah. and I'm going to ask you a ton of questions, but right now it, we're saying not yet. And if I can't justify this thing that they bring to me in any part of my roadmap, then that's a no. It's got to be, right? Okay. If it doesn't fit into some bigger, further down strategic initiative, then it's a no. If it's some small piddly thing that doesn't fit into any, I'm probably going to say, you know what? You're going to have to keep bugging me about this because it, it doesn't fit into anything here. Um, okay. Maybe at some point in the future it will, but right now it doesn't. So the roadmap is still, I mean, the two things that I've always thought about the roadmap is doing, I mean, a strategic roadmap is it's kind of showing executives big chunks of when things will happen yeah and it's also letting them know i can chill out about the thing that i'm worried about because i can see it up there and i know right now it's blocked out for that space and yeah my expectation is sort of it's going to happen at some point so i don't have to be so spazzy the, about it the simplest form is now next later now is yeah. our, is our is our current product backlog right Next, okay. next year, next year, if we, we, the next time we come back and we kind of revisit this for next year, we might do it a couple of times. Um, that's that. And then we don't know yet, but probably not next year, but later. Okay. That, that is, that's the simplest one. But then you've also got, um, isn't it Roman Pickler's one, the goal oriented roadmap, yeah. which once again, fits well with product goals, right? Yeah. Here are all our future product goals and what but we're working on now. You've got multiple goals in Roman's map. And that's the but part not, where I saw that. And I but, was like, ah, damn. Multiple potential goals, aren't they? It's not okay. like oh, yeah, all, all right. of these right, right now. So next year, here are like three goals. 
It's what we we're think gonna, right now. Okay. Well, I, I, and my, my suggestion there is take, maybe this isn't what he meant, but this is how I would use it, is let's look at these goals and where we are on them. We're focused okay. on this goal right now. Next is this goal. Then probably we don't know what the order is after that. We don't have to figure that out right now. Okay. But there's three goals that could come in for next year. As we get closer, we're going to probably pick one of those or a completely different one. And that will feed, that'll be part of, I guess, the, our product backlog. Okay. One of these goals. Now, you, you mentioned a few minutes ago that if, it's, if it doesn't fit on the roadmap, then it should be, we're just not going to keep it. We're going to put this one in the dumper and hit flush. Do you think that there should be like a, an acknowledged and understood and documented set of criteria that says, if it's not one of these things, we're just not doing it. Don't try to jam it in here. Um, just because you want to have it somewhere. Like if something's going to not be included, shouldn't that be pretty obvious to everybody? It should. And I guess I'm trying to think back if I've ever had that. And I I haven't, but I wonder if it could have helped. Like, would that be a, a clear communication of like, that? That would mean that we people would have to know what our roadmap is yep. and that they would probably want to look at it themselves, saving me a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Beforehand, and and uh, I think that would be helpful, right? It would be a cool thing to ask to re to review in a in a sprint review and say, yeah. hey, here's our overall vision, here's our current product goal, here's what our future roadmap looks like. If you have ideas that fit into some of these, please, you know, let us know. Um, if you think there's something that's not on our roadmap that should, please let us know. Yeah. And um, I think that should be real clear um, okay. to, for your stakeholders and your own team, right? Your team members too. They're coming up with ideas all the time. Yeah. Your development team. I, this has been a very affirming conversation. I really appreciate <laughs> you talking <laughs> to me about it. So I have two, two final questions. With so what about technical debt? Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to get beat up on this one, but I've got a pretty, uh, I've, I've been burned too much with this, okay. with, with, with technical debt in my backlog. I've got a pretty strong stance, but you know, I respect other views and I can see it working in other ways. I just, I have my preference. Okay. And so here's what I've noticed is, is looking at my own product backlogs and others is that I, I want to respect the developer's um, ability to, to create a, you know, a clean environment and to clean up the technical debt all they want. I don't need to get involved in all that stuff. I'm happy to, you know, they want to explain it to me, but they don't have to justify it. As long as I'm getting value each sprint. Okay. Um, and they're not just saying we need to go away for like four months to clean this mess up. Yeah. You know, as long as I'm getting value each sprint, I trust them on that side. So I don't want them to have to put it into the product backlog. Like my litmus test Really? Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. I do not, I do not like it on my product backlog. My litmus test for the product backlog is to ask who gets value out of this. And if the answer is anybody on the scrum team, including the product owner, yeah, then it does not belong there. So who huh. gets value from cleaning up the code in this, in this component? But would or, you have them put you know, it into the sprint backlog? Oh yeah. It's theirs. They can put whatever they want in there. Okay. So All they right. could say, Hey, product owner, we can only take, you know how we normally could, probably take like five or six things off the product backlog in a sprint. 
but you know, there's this debt, right? That we have to pay off. And, yeah. and I, as a part owner, understand that if I let that get out of hand, then I'm going to have to pay that interest. I'm going to get less and less stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ha- we have to make a payment, but it can't be all of our income going towards the debt, just like in finance. Finance, we need to keep the lights on. So that's the, right. where value comes in. Okay. So I expect them to be able to say something like, we can only pull three things off the product backlog and pull them into our sprint backlog because we have these other items in our sprint backlog that we want to use, right? That these, these are the technical debt items. Like, okay. Uh, you know, depending on the team, they don't have to justify it to me, but yeah. I don't, I want my product backlog to be only valuable things. That's how I keep it small. I can explain it to my stakeholders. It's, I can make it transparent to them. It's not, you also, it sounds owners, like you trust your teams. Oh. A lot. Which well, yeah. And if I don't, don't, I want that to be exposed. <laughs> that, that's okay. the problem, right? It's putting things on the product backlog shouldn't be how you build that trust, right? So trust is the problem. Let's f- solve that so that you can get to this point. Yeah, I want to be able to trust my teams. And sometimes building trust is about extending trust, right? Okay. So I'm going to allow them. I'm going to say, this is your quality is your accountability. I think it says that in the Scrum Guide now. It's the developer's accountability to build the actual quality increment. Um, you figure out what you need to do that. Because we tell, we tell product owners all the time, you are accountable for this product backlog. The order, all of it in it. Oh, but all this, but you have to, you have to let the developers, you have to trust them to do all the technical stuff. So here, they're going to put it in this product backlog that you're expected to be accountable for. Okay. But then if, if, if it's in a bad shape, then the, there's like more technical debt items than anything else. And how we expect them to understand this and they disconnect. I see yeah. it all the time. So I want my product backlog to be like a menu in the restaurant. It only, it should make sense to our customers. I design it for my customer. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in the kitchen knows about it, knows what's on it. They know how to make it. Right. Yeah. But I, what I, you know, what I don't see on there is do the dishes and I don't see, you know, because um, it's just fix, understood. Yeah, fix sharpen the knives and fix and the. Do you think this? it's fair to say that that would be a choice made by an organization or a PO? I, I've had this conversation about like my own personal backlog. There's stuff that I do every day, and I put it in there anyway, because this is that cost thing. It's easier for me to see it and know I have to yeah. do it than to re- try to remember it. So here's what uh, I, I I've had this debate with plenty of people that know more about Scrum than I do, and and the way they've convinced me that it's okay and I'm, I'll be okay with it is yeah. If you, if you just want to put it in one list, that's fine. You know, if it's like, let's say it's a tool or yeah. something like that, but give me a filter on it. So I don't have to look at all the technical debt things. Mm. Like I really don't care where it goes. I'm going to present this one with the filter without the technical debt filter check. Okay. And, and I'm going to show that to my, I, I, we can work out how to show this. Yeah. There's, I want my teams to feel that there are other options too. I had a team that they called it the wall of debt. They had this 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 <laughs> slip chart paper on the wall, and they just they built like a bunch of bricks with like bugs and just ugly colors and stuff. And every time they found something that they wanted to fix at some point, they would throw it on the wall of debt. So we would measure it not too scientifically, but you know if there were like ten things on that wall, and we should take some of those off each sprint planning, right? So we go into sprint planning. It's like, okay, we're going to take some stuff on the product backup, but what about our wall of debt? What can we pull off? Yeah. Let's pull two of those off. But if we pull two off and add three, then we're, we're paying less than the minimum payment. So we would learn from that, right? Is that, okay, maybe next time we should do three or four because we seem to be finding things at a higher clip. Just some sort of visualization. And it didn't go into a tool or anything necessarily. It could, 
But I want to give them the freedom to figure this out other ways. Scrum doesn't say you're not allowed to create other lists. You can create other things. Okay. Is that wall of debt sprint backlog? No, because it spans sprints. Is it the product backlog? I don't know. Maybe if you, uh, it, it, I don't. So it's there. It's what we're going to work on, and it's the team's responsibility to figure that out. They order it. They they justify it to stakeholders if they need to, but um, that's their thing, and they're going to pull stuff in. So okay. let them do it the way they want. I so to summarize, I don't like technical debt items on my product backlog. Yeah. So one of the things that this whole you know, pursuit of me trying to get my head around product goal has done is I've ended up in a place where not only am I rethinking the idea of product goal, but the product backlog and my understanding of it as a thing. And I'm wondering if that's something, I mean, as somebody who spends a lot of time trying to get product owners to be better product owners, do you think that that's something the agile space needs to just generally do is kind of shake it off and look at the product backlog from a fresh set of eyes and re-understand yeah. what it's supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. One of my, yeah, absolutely. Like that, the idea of a main, like that menu, I think is, is, is that it, I've stretched that, that analogy pretty far and it works. Um, thinking of it in terms of value to the customer and what they want to buy, making yeah. it, writing it with them in mind, mm -hmm. right? Not the people in the kitchen. Right. Um, uh, and, and as a product owner, I guess you're like the, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a fix. If you've been to those restaurants, those fixed course restaurants where, yeah. you know, you're making decisions on behalf of them, but they, you ask them for input, right? What do you, yeah, they're advocate. To, or what, would you like alcohol with this or yeah. whatever? So you, you put that together and then you, you check with them. You, you, you try it out. They pick things. They go, oh, that sounds good. Tell me more about this. And you tell them, and you know how to explain it. And, um, and you might have to go back to the kitchen, ask some questions. You don't have to know it all as a product owner. Um, and, that's the way to look at it. And, and things like washing dishes and all that stuff is like, we don't put those on the menu. We don't want to give anybody the opportunity to say, Hey, why are we washing dishes? Do you think I get a cheaper price if I took the risk and not have dishes washed? Yeah. Like that's not a customer's decision yet. We put them in that position all the time. or even a product owner to say, can we not clean up this technical debt and just get this out? I don't even want to put a product owner in that or the, certainly not the customer. Yeah. As you've hired professionals in this kitchen, they're going to do it a certain way. And that should be your expectation that that's happening. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that we look at product backlogs um, generally very differently. It's not, it, it, it's, it's a big problem, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, cool. Or, or solution type things, right? Like, yeah. uh, let's add a, add a row to the database or call them to the database table. Okay. Well, why? Like, explain it to me. To explain to my customer here, why, why would they want this column and what's it going to do for them, right? There's, there's something we can put on there. Because, you know, all our customers are sitting around going, oh, man, I wish I had another row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I yeah. had another row, that would be just aces. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'd eat up the market uh, yeah. competition with that row. Okay, yeah. I, I want to talk about your, uh, the stuff you're doing and improving the, the webinars and stuff, but I have one selfish question. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, I have somebody that I work with that I was talking to the other day who told me about their product owners who refuse to prioritize anything and who will not write user stories because their focus is on their having ideas and they're too busy having ideas to prioritize them or articulate them in a way the teams can work on that. And that's what these product owners feel their job is. And I just wanted to say that out loud all at once and then see how you respond to that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I have some questions, right? I've heard similar <laughs> similar things, and you know, some not all of it is bad, right? It's um, it it sounds to me like maybe there's not one product owner which could cause this. They want to be like the uh, the brain that just they want to be the, the idea think, people, the think tank, right? Yeah, that throw it up. Look, it's okay to have a think tank. Who's the one that's going to make the? Who should be making the decision on what to do? Do you want the right. developers to do it? I, I spend my whole career as a contractor. And sometimes as a, I've been, I was a programmer and we've been put in this position of here's a bunch of requirements, go do it. And then we decide, to, we, we decide to do scrum. And then we're like, what do you want to see first? They all have to get done. So when you think about it, I did this for like a big multinational company with a retail thing that made 165 million its first year in production. Right. And guess who was deciding what the next most important the thing programmers. to do? Yeah. A bunch yeah. Of con- every, what do they want to do first? 100% of the people on the team were contractors that were hired within two months. Yeah. And, and we are the ones that are picking the most important thing to do next. And sometimes it was the squeaky wheel, right? The person that was the loudest or the highest yeah. title, just yelling for stuff. There was no one person, but honestly, a lot of it was just us wanting to work on cool things. It, and we try to do the best we can, but we weren't the right people to do that. So you're going to invest all of this and you're not having one decision maker on that. You can keep your, t- your think tank. Yeah. Who's the person that's going to pick between all your brilliant t- think tank ideas? Yeah, and make sure that it aligns to company strategy and mission and all that other stuff. That's the product owner. And that's yeah. an easy conversation to have with executives, right? That's an e- You're spending, what's the cost of, of this team, this Ferrari yeah. team that you have? <laughs> you're spending $100,000 a month. Yeah, and and you're just you're not you're not going to have them drive the right way or anywhere. You yeah, know, you're so that's that's a yeah. There's a lot. That was a very to, polite oh. response. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, but the other thing is, if they think that their job is writing user stories and acceptance criteria, and that's what's scaring them, I could put that at ease too because I I do not find that that's my job. That's like number twenty. No, but you wouldn't two. refuse to do it, would you? Well, they no, were, but, they, they, this is yeah. the, the, the way it's been explained to me is that work is done by other people. There's probably something deeper going on that we yeah, need to uncover, right? <laughs> <definitely> <laughs> yeah. is. There's a trust yeah. issue there. Yeah. Probably if we ask why enough times, there's like, there's a trust issue. I don't want to be left holding this hot potato, right? Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be blamed. I don't want to be, there's a, there's a safety issue that's likely at play in that situation. That's really insightful. Cause I mean, I was, when I was talking with them, I'm like, there's something else happening here that you've got to figure yeah. out, but maybe that's the thing they have to look at is trust. Um, well, thank you for letting me throw you into that question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> could you, could you talk briefly about, I mean, anything you want to say about improving and, and the webinars? So I want to make sure people are aware of what's going on there. Yeah. Um, so improving, we are, um, you know, we're, 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 we're over a thousand people now. We've grown quite a bit. So we help people do this stuff. That's what most most of us is. We have teams that that we we put Scrum teams together to do work for our clients, and then we ask them for the product owner. Okay. Um, and then that's how we kind of make it work uh, for outsourcing. And we don't. I mean, our our product isn't Scrum or Agile. Our product is is I don't know delighting our customers, building our tool. We find the best way to do it that we've learned over the last. You know, I've worked with the same people for twenty years now. Right. Um, we tried a lot of different things over the years, and the thing that just seems to work the best is Scrum. We, if we're not, you know, if something better came along, don't tell Dave West this, but if something better <laughs> came along, we would jump ship in a heartbeat because that's not, our goal isn't to do Scrum. Our goal is to right. our customers. deliver and value. Yeah. So because of that, a lot of our clients ask us how to do it, and and uh, and so that's where I come in with training and coaching and stuff like that, and we have a team that that does it. So. 
we do, we're, we're the largest scrum.org partner for training scrum.org courses in, in the Americas. Um, maybe the world, we're not quite sure there. Uh, and so we do a lot of them. So off our site, you can see train classes that we do, certification classes. We do PS, professional scrum master, professional product owner. We do them all. You'll see them on there. We do them every every week. We've got a few courses going on. And we do private classes too. And we also provide uh, free webinars. So every single Friday um, at noon central time is uh, central U.S., we are uh, we offer a, a webinar. I'm doing one next week on the latest Scrum Guide uh, 2020 changes. So if you're watching this on a recording, they're also available on uh, on our web. They're, you can watch them afterwards too if you want to. But take a look. They're all all our past ones are there. There's a lot of technical ones. We are a software shop, um, and, but there are but there's a lot coming up too that you can watch live. Cool. Thank so you. And I'll make sure I'll this will go up after it. So I'll make sure we include a link to it. And I want to encourage okay. everybody to check it out because the changes in the scrum guide, where I've, I've been spending a disturbing amount of time on them. There's a, there's very subtle changes, but they all, a lot of them have a really deep impact on how you look at this stuff and how you think about this stuff. Yeah. And it, it's worth, I think, taking the time to go down the rabbit hole on them. Yeah. That could be a whole other podcast. Yeah. It was our, yeah. <laughs> so what if people want to get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach you? Um, uh, honestly, uh, out of all the things, LinkedIn is probably the easiest. I have conversations okay. going on there all the time. So you can find my, just search. My name's fairly unique, McGrail. Um, so look me up. I think there's an accountant in Chicago. Is the only other Don McGrail out there. Okay. Uh, so it's not, I'm not that guy. I'm the other one. We'll put and, his phone uh, number on there, but we'll give all the other <laughs> yeah, links to you. Yeah. What's this scrum thing? <laughs> but um, yeah, it, LinkedIn is usually the best. My, you can just you call know, and say, have there been any messages for me? Yeah, email <laughs> don at improving.com, but I'm not always catching up on emails. always been tricky. So uh, LinkedIn cool. is usually the best. Twitter, I'm on Twitter too, Don McGrail. All right. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your help with this conversation and this topic. And, Thanks, And um, for all the work that you're doing on this stuff. No, I really appreciate it. I, I enjoyed it. Cool. Way, but the new way is what you need My job's to make that switch from old to new